heard you, like, ran into these things before. That's right. Wow, man. So, like, what did you do? I died. Listeners everywhere, welcome to The Movie Show with Joel and Ryan, the weekly fix for your screen addiction and a trusted source for discussion of all things film and television. Please keep in mind that for the purposes of this podcast, Joel and Ryan are not acting as journalists, but rather fellow moving picture enthusiasts. All of their opinions should be taken as such. Also, please be warned that while Joel and Ryan may seem like petulant children, they are, in fact, adults who may occasionally use adult language. While they promise to bleep out all the worst words, it's a good bet you will still understand what they were saying. And now, with no further ado, here's Joel and Ryan. Oh, hello, folks, and welcome to the show where we believe in Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya is the leader of us all. Um, all right. Welcome to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. And I am Joel. And I'm Ryan. I'm Michael. And Michael is back once again. Yay. It, uh, it's been a little bit. We uh, we took a week off. Um, Daddy was busy. And... <laughs> Uh, no, I don't like that. Oh, I almost want to start the show over. I don't like referring to myself as daddy in this show. No, that mommy, was... daddy, don't fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we are here to finish up the uh, our discussion of the the I don't know what would we call these the original alien, the Ripley um, aliens, the, the Ripley aliens, the Ripley alien quadrilogy. Um, and, I wanted to know uh, if. Yeah. if uh if Steve actually knows the answer to who came up with the term quadrilogy, because of course a four set story has a name already. It's called a tetralogy. It's been right. called that for hundreds of years. And then because that they felt that might be meaningless to bovine America, they came up <laughs> with this alternative term, which has stuck. Now it's, that's what everybody calls four part movie series quadrilogy, which is not even a word. No, no, although I suppose it's in Webster's now. It's been around. It's been yeah, with I suppose us for, it. Yeah, it is. It is with uh, us for fifteen or so years. But I, I hate that term now. so much. But that's that is really what we should refer to this as. That term was coined for these four movies, the Alien uh, Quadrilogy. It, it it so it's as good a term as any. Sadly, as much as I hate it, the Quadrilogy <laughs> really does mean the first four Alien films to me, and. You know, we talked about how awesome yeah. the first Alien is and how super awesome the second Alien is. Mm-hmm. Second Alien, Aliens, so good, we needed four hours to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So good. Um, but this one, oh. these last two, these last two, I believe that... Um, should be over in a flash. Should be able to get you on be... with your life here momentarily. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think that might be the case. And counting uh, down 10 minutes. Here we go. Yeah, all right. This will be <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh, we're maybe we're more verbose than the aliens yeah. sequels are like my uh more. yeah. My what would you do uh segment intro might be longer than our discussion on uh some of these. We'll um, see. And you called yourself daddy. That's gonna stick. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so let's uh let's get are we calling these deep dives because we're they're not really deep dives they're just no they uh, are kind of we'll see all right all right here we go deep dive into the final two alien movies alien three and alien resurrection Maybe Charles knows who came up with the term quadrilogy. That's when he came into that project. Maybe. Yeah, he, yeah you can. Yeah, Maybe you I can shouldn't know. Maybe we shouldn't then even ask Then him. you'll hold the grudge. Well, who knows what I'll do, you know, when I get crazy. And... I would send a strongly worded letter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I that's might That's the do only that, set but... I, ha I have that set. I mean, that's my go-to set. Like, that's what I have still. Yeah, it, it's it's... From a content standpoint, it was second to none at the time. It was the greatest DVD set of all time. Although, if your life depended on getting a particular disc out of that in a hurry, because I needed, <laughs> you know, I needed the entire dining room floor to open that thing up, yeah. which yeah. I don't. I dealt think with is, that this last week. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's particularly well designed, but. Content-wise, you can't argue with it. A lot of my, the vast amount of my knowledge comes from the documentaries on those sets and and all the firsthand information of virtually everybody involved in these films. Uh, virtually every single person takes part in that. Uh, one of the key people who does not take part in the quadrilogy supplements and and recuts and. Um, you know, uh, commentaries is the director of Alien 3, David Fincher, who's gone on to bigger, mm. better things. David made lots of video, music videos, some of the biggest, most elaborate ones of the time. Vogue. Madonna! Yeah, Vogue, Vogue, I think. Vogue is like the biggest video in the big video era and that. I get it. Like, well, Express Yourself, he did that too. That's pretty big yeah. too. Big, giant multi-million dollar productions basically were it was what they had gotten to at that point and and he's also his my favorite you know short film sort of commercial slash music video project of his is the the smoking fetus from the anti-smoking ad that was david fincher ah, okay um that is a, a really really powerful piece of visual storytelling you know it only takes 30 seconds and if you don't know it, it, you're zooming out on the little, you know, star child, basically, from 2001, if you can imagine yeah. this image. And as they back up from it, you see that it's there's smoke coming off of it. And it's basically the the message of the ad was what when you were smoking, when you're pregnant, your your baby is smoking, too. And it it 
it just without even it has some words to it, but without them, it's still extremely powerful image yeah. and powerful mm-hmm. message. Well, it's one of those things that I have an ongoing joke with my husband of, you know, for example, like Demi Moore. Oh, I know you did that movie Parasite. Have you done anything else in your career? That's what I want to say to David <laughs> Fincher. Uh, I really enjoyed Alien 3. Have you have you done anything else or... You know, you know, he didn't have to do Alien 3. His friends advised against it. He was a huge fan of Alien and just wanted to be a part of it. But when he came into Alien 3, it was always a big mess. Uh, one of the first things Joel and I talk about in the very first episode, I believe, because his earlier films had just come out on Blu-ray, Vincent Ward, we talked about the Vincent Ward concept of what Alien 3 is. And Vincent, there's a script out there that you can read on the internet. It's not hard to find. Vincent ended up with a story credit on what the Alien 3 yeah. that actually showed up because they used the kernel of an idea that he had that the Sulaco was going to crash land on this wooden monastery floating in space. Right. And all these monks, these old school sort of medieval lifestyle styled monks were going to have to deal with this alien that she brought with her with, you know, torches and they just had nothing to fight it with. They had to fight it with their wits. But the film wasn't very Ripley centric. She doesn't really show up till way, way into the film. She shows up right away, but she's like unconscious for like the whole first half of the movie. Um... And it's just weird. They couldn't get on board with it. You know, like like with Alien and especially like with Aliens, this worked out really great for Guyler and Hill and Brandywine. Um, they just picked this guy who was making these really kind of amazing small budget films and said, here, you know, do do what you want with it. And if we like the script, we'll let you direct it. And they just tried to pick a talent out of a hat. Vincent Ward is an immensely talented guy, but he just wrote something so esoteric that nobody could really see the commercial potential in it, unfortunately. And he didn't seem not so much willing. He didn't seem able to take any of their notes or to compromise any of his stuff. It wasn't like he was fighting with them. He was trying to do what they ask. He kind of couldn't do it. You know, he was his own thing and just, you know, he'd take some (laughs) producer note and try and integrate it into the script and it would just come out the other side as something they hated even more. So that relationship sort of broke down and they sent him packing, but it's a, there's a whole chapter of it in the the Alien Three making of on that where they talk about the ideas behind it and what it was, and it sounds fascinating. And in the end, it sounds like if they'd have just stuck with that, they'd have had a shot at a better movie. Ultimately, at least something something different, something worthy as a successor. Which what we got was this sort of mix of things we already had. Um, one of the writers, I don't remember which, wrote uh, because there were a bunch of competing Alien Three scripts. One with Ripley, one without. The one without her took place in a prison, on a prison planet or on a prison right. barge, and they took ideas from that. They took ideas from Vincent's thing, uh, and they just made. And Larry Ferguson is actually of of Hunt for Red October fame. Is the guy who melded all these different scripts together into one thing that they were still working on when they'd already built sets and stuff for the movie. But that's, that's the thing. You can see it. You can feel that. I mean, 
I probably didn't understand that in 92 when I saw it, but it's like looking at it most recently, I'm like, it's just so clunky. It just, you know, you can see that there's all these different points of view and different ideas and it just, it doesn't, I mean, it, it's so obvious now as an older, wiser moviegoer, I'm like, eh, you know, it's yeah. just all over the place. Yeah, it is. It's really, really well-crafted film because the director is really, really self-assured, but it, 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 what it started with on the page is deeply unsatisfying. And that's what mm -hmm. most people hate about it. It's not even that it's such a bad script. It's just, well, I mean, you I, asked I, me last week off camera, Michael, why, why do people hate it so much? And, or Joel asked, and I'm like, they hate it. And we'll just let the cat out of the bag. They hate it because it, it completely obliterates yeah. the, the meaning and the, the struggle that we went through in the previous film. Yes. Uh, everybody shows up on what is Fury 161 or something. Uh -huh. I can't everybody yeah, shows up on this technologically um, Luddite sort of prison colony and, and our, all our favorite heroes from the previous movie are dead. And it just, it's like this do over now. And there's no, from the, from Ground zero, there is no hope in the thing at all. It's this yeah. deeply depressing, mournful, awful well, thing. And thing, most I, audiences didn't get over the fact that they that they just sort of wiped the previous film off the map. Well, to, to I rank it. this up there. One of my most hated sequel continuity things is The Karate Kid 2. When Daniel shows up and oh, Allie broke up with me and went off with some football player, I'm like, BS. Right. That is not at all what you established. And I think that the the Ralph Macchio, Elizabeth Shue chemistry was magical in the first film. I think it's fantastic. And hey, so hey, hey, save it for our deep dive of Karate Kid. No, but I'm saying it's like it's the same insulting thing they've done here in Alien well, they, 3. Right. The actor didn't it's come insulting. back. And so they wrote this sort of undignified that in that case, they wrote this sort of undignified little we're going to write you off with a sentence sort of thing. It used to happen in television all the time. And it's always jarring and terrible. This I mean, this they give, was they give um, Newt a little bit of respect. I mean, it's horrible, but at least she gets it's, something. Well, yeah, it, it's it's jarring. We get an uh, autopsy know, the, the, of her. Well, we get an autopsy, but we get in that little flash in the in the, the the constant flash opening. That oh man, just goes I like on that forever. opening. You guys don't like that? Sure, no, I didn't. Well, there was very little I liked about this. Uh, <laughs> well, about just Alien to say, especially, I, especially upon seeing it again, I really love um, the yeah. opening credits to Alien. The, again, it's all done with images and it quickly, and it tells a story. It tells a really long, complicated explanation-like story with images, and I think mm -hmm. the music's brilliant too. This is controversial, um, the, but I think the music in Alien Three is the best music in the whole series. This is interesting. I'm not, if you're bringing up the music, my thought was fascinating because I had the cassette soundtrack. I listened to it a lot and I loved it back in the day. But this most recent viewing, I'm like, it is so too, it's too much for me. It's a lot. And it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> feel right. Like it's it, a lot. I'll it's give like you just that. to jump ahead, the, the score for Resurrection felt like the first two films. Like it felt like it was connected. I mean, Goldenthal's score is so uh, complete. It's great. 
but it doesn't it's, feel appropriate. Yeah, from a musical standpoint, it's just outstanding, which is why yeah. as a soundtrack, it's wonderful. But you're right. When you watch the movie, it is a little much. It is a little over the top. So I'll give you um, that. What, but I still quick, really, I was... really like it. One of the consequences of Alien taking so long to, to finish was that Goldenthal was just on hiatus writing and writing and writing and writing. And it's the same thing that happened with Carrie, you know, with Brian De Palma, just kept storyboarding these more crazy, crazy sequences, even if they were for the most mundane parts of the film, because he just had all this time on his hands and all this creative energy to expunge. And he ended up with this over-the-top thing. And the Alien 3 score is similar. Had a similar it's a good, thing. It's a good happened. listen, but looking back, it's like, ah, just, it feels wrong. It doesn't work. It definitely doesn't... is very different than the others. Yeah. 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 Um, I was, no, so real quick, what I was going to say, going back to Newt and the whole opening sequence, it, 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 there, there is that incredibly jarring image of Newt trying to, like, trying to get out of the, her, yeah. uh, her tube, you know, clearly uh, uh, having, you know, that we find out that she drowned. Right. Um, but and and that that was it. But I mean, the, from the from the first moment, the fact that they didn't even let the twentieth century Fox I like fan that too. Fare, I love that. Oh, I hated that I so that. much. The person I, I saw it with in the theater hated it too. Like literally groaned in agony. I when they, loved it. Like when they I, yeah, it. I, I thought it was I just, cool. Yeah, I just went nope, nope. <laughs> That pretty much no. set the tone for you, Joel. Yeah. Right it did. There. It completely well, set it, the tone, and I was like, "It nah. sets the tone for the movie too. It's not done by accident, it, you know." Well, no, I, like I know that. it's not I done like by accident. That. I think it, it's I just, a really cool. Um, no, Joel, I get it, but you're yeah. saying you didn't like yeah. that, and you didn't like the movie, and you didn't like the opening. The it, it the movie's at least playing fair with you in that way. It is telegraphing you what it is. It's going to give you this disquieting, awful kind of gross feeling throughout which is what it does and it does it right from the get-go which is what i like about it but i i get it i don't think the um, 20th century fox fanfare is like sacrosanct and can't be played with a little bit at least no I no like i don't and, and that's not the reason why i didn't like it i i just I, it it was it it felt so gimmicky it felt uh, just like it, it felt like, oh, see what we're doing here. Right. Oh, look at what we did. And it doesn't like, get no. better with time. That's for sure. None of it does um, really. And uh, yeah, so it. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, and we. But I'll just say again, it. I love the opening credit sequences. This is a series of films where the opening credit sequences are really, really creatively done. And this this was, a, a I think, a noble attempt at doing something different, but still having a really sort of visceral, you know, sequence that actually has actual storytelling involved in it, which I think is neat. And I like that. Yeah, okay. Music, I'll, so. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, that it, at least it is from the very first moment, it is propelling the story yeah. forward. And, um, and just yeah, the that, images, that the images of the escape point. pod coming out of the ship and the, it, it it's sort of commenting down to the planet. It actually leaves the Solaco, the, music yeah. cue there it's like a little clickiness something or other it's really good mm -hmm. music but yeah it's i i agree with you ryan i think it is it it tells the story it gets things moving and gets us to where we need to get started you know and i i i i agree i think it's a, an interesting opening sequence it doesn't hold up after we get a little further in but you know 
Well, they don't do it like that anymore. That's for sure. I mean, but you just got to remember all the, you know, it used to be you would watch the credits roll under a scene. That's kind of lame. Or you would just watch the credits roll and wait through them for the movie to start. Like, this is a little mix of both. And at the time, I thought it was uh, interesting and had me interested in what was happening. But... I'm like you guys, I'm the same. I'm a huge Aliens fan, you know. I followed this movie when it started production and and it's, you know, when I didn't see my my heroes names and my favorite actors name on the list, you know, I was like, ah. Uh. Yeah. As a before we get into the actual plot mechanisms of the film, Michael Bean actually got paid a little bit more for Alien 3 than he did for Aliens when he ah, sued them after the fact. Because they used his image in the and they didn't ask him in the little yeah in that little oh, really? tiny icon it's a it's no more than a drawing of him really yeah. but it had already been made it had already been in pre-release and before he got notice and he sent his agent his agent got a lawyer and they're like oh, hell yeah and they're like 20th century fox was the biggest movie studio on the planet and they're just like uh you know they found that magic number here's slightly more than you made on the entire previous mo- movie will this make you go away oh wow <laughs> and he's mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah that'll do All the right. trick i didn't want to piss anybody off i just pretty sure you can't use a picture of me without paying me uh, yeah right. and he, he was not wrong <laughs> no he is not wrong yeah um yeah and so uh all right well anything else before we get into the uh the 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 film proper well so my thing is i saw this twice in the theater because i so adored it back in the day like whatever reason i was me too three times wreck. in the theater both times i went i mean just sobbing and i, I didn't have sob that little, at any it, of my three times but that little inkling watching it this week just a little inkling of that emotion returned mm. and i'm like okay the fact that it didn't return full force says a lot so i didn't saw i didn't saw i cried a little but that was because i strained <laughs> my eyes when i was rolling them i get it yeah uh so uh yeah no um so we get uh so yeah so we are our uh intrepid heroes that survived aliens Man. um they, we, the, this whole opening sequence uh we discover that nope the you know the monsters are real uh the they the queen managed i guess somehow to get an egg uh into well, there, um, okay i this is my question i've always said like she tore her egg sack to go mm-hmm. after ripley so could there have still been one egg that was just ready to kind of sure move from there sure and her pass into the egg sack, and that's where it came from. Or that's she just thought. picked one up that was laying there that hadn't been incinerated yet. But there would ha- wouldn't there have to be two eggs? Because mm, yes. there was the, there was one that has uh, that uh, that got onto a crew member, and then there was the one that gets uh, the uh, that that becomes the main antagonist of the film. So there had to somehow be two. Unless we are to believe that somehow this face hugger uh, doesn't doesn't die after um, after it, uh, it, you know, but then it does die. You know, I guess, you know, for some reason. So that's the film does well to not really dwell on any of the details of this. Partly, partly because we shouldn't want it to, but partly because if it did, 
we'd all be asking these kinds of questions, which over the years, I don't think Alien, the opening of Alien 3, like the people who wrote it and shot it, realized we would get to a future where we just cared about every little bit of minutia and had to draw sure. these logical lines between them. In other words, they weren't serving the alien nerds such as ourselves. They weren't. They weren't this film was not attempting to do that at all, obviously. Um, but you're, those are all legit questions, like what, she carry in two eggs under each arm? I mean, the idea is right. absurd. How'd they yeah. get there? We, we know it's something the Queen did, but it, it you know, what is it? I... It's best well, not I, thought too much about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I would, I, uh, I would, they, the only reason to make this to make Alien Three is to serve the the, the fans of the first two Alien movies and to serve the fans of. of but uh, but fandom um, in nineteen ninety two wasn't um, what fandom is today. They wanted sure, to make a big I, commercial movie for everybody because there was a nickel in making more alien movies. That's what they yeah. were thinking. They weren't yeah, thinking but, um, about internet nerds at, at all. Yeah, that was but, not but even in the back of their head. In but episode I think, three point two. Yeah, exactly. no, no. But I, I, I but <laughs> exactly. I think that that's. I, I bring it up to to. I think that this is you know this is one of those things that when you're trying to mash together. 47 different stories right. there's just some things that are like yeah you know what it w w yeah there's two x sure there's two you yes. or that one this, that one doesn't is, die until it gets to implant right. two exactly two things. this You're is totally what's right. fascinating to me like <laughs> me nobody trying to make a, a go in the screenwriting business none of the if i wrote something like that that had that big of a plot hole right at the beginning right. that would be an issue but because it's 20th century fox they can do whatever they want it, hey, it is that sense of you know okay just let it go hey, it's buddy. fine no one's gonna no one's yeah. gonna see it hey guess what yeah you're not nobody to us pal ah uh, yeah geez. you're a you, you, know what? you you are somebody thank you but no but it's true it's like it's it's that matter of yeah I could not let something like, even in my own mind, let alone someone looking at it and giving me notes, I would not let something like that. It's like, I have to figure it's, this out. Yeah, it's been a you long know? time, but in my understanding of, uh, my understanding of Vincent's script is that it's, uh, it's an alien warrior cast that gets aboard and is the problem at the next level. And that's in lot much more easier and much more believable. But at somewhere along the line, somebody wrote some note, I'm sure, that said, well, we want, you know, the whole alien life cycle and this. And then somebody had the idea, well, what if it were born out of a cow? Then it would be like this four-legged alien. It would be totally different. Yeah. Um, that'd be something new. But it, you, Joel has hit the nail on the head. What you have is writer upon writer upon writer upon yeah. writer, draft upon draft, where people are dismissing other people's ideas, adding their own, and it just well, gets disconnected. In, in, in defense of this, this last screening this week, it I took no time. It just got, went on. I didn't. It wasn't in my mind. It was that little, little brief like. Oh, but I took, I'm like, whatever, just Well, that's, go that's on, what I know? did at the time. Cause even at the time I was like, well, but wait a minute. Ah, whatever. You know, that really. Well, it, I mean, to the film's credit, mm -hmm. you get in and well, then that's forgotten. And to the it, credit. It well, and, and, to, yeah. and, 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 and believe me, I love that you guys were able to move on from that. I simply, literally, I'm like, well, now where did that one come from? Like the dog's barking and I'm like, 
Well, now what? That one's just like, hello, I'm here. Hi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. Uh, and, and I just was literally like, well, oh, okay. So the rules that have been, uh, the rules that yeah. have been established for the first, for those first two films. Yeah. Mean nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And now, they mean less they, and less with they, each successive yeah. film. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And and that that and I was just like, okay, all right. Now again, going back to what you were saying, I I dug that. You know, I, I was like, oh yeah, you know, if if we, you know, if the face hugger gets on a cow, that alien is going yeah, to it's be an very ox different. That's in the original version yeah. of the shooting script, and it's a dog in the actual theatrical yeah. version that and came. The, and the dog and and the dog alien works for me because uh, it is it's it behaves differently and i yeah. and and to I the film's credit cool concept yeah yeah to the film's yeah, credit visually I, they don't I, always I like pull that. it off but the idea is sure. sound um mm -hmm. it, it's cool I, what it, i remember the inter, the inter, when they were doing interviews and stuff they're like this alien's different it's like a cross between a puma and a freight train and i was like ooh, that sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see a face hugger get on a freight train yeah and just like red all red on the front there right by the cow catcher um sure anyway uh so yeah so we um yeah so ellen uh ellen ripley is the sole survivor of um of the sulaco half man uh, still half around well no i mean well, they, he's a quarter man He's more like He's, quarter man now. Yeah, it's true. Yep. <laughs> uh, I know. I like that a lot. Oh, I'm going back to my wife with that one. Quarter man. Quarter man. Quarter man. Why are you gonna do that? Two, two fifths why, man. Yeah. Why are you gonna do that? He's oh. a one third. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, so, but uh, but we don't know that at this point because no, they said he was right, damaged beyond repair. So, uh, but. Ellen, uh, Ellen, like we're close. Yeah, uh, Ripley is, um, Ella, uh, Ripley is, um, is. Man, most um, audiences are finding out what her first name is for the first time at the beginning of yeah, this movie. Sure. sure. Since they cut that scene at the end of the last one, but they did yeah. keep the continuity. Yeah. I don't um, know if that means anything, but it's interesting. Ellen, mm -hmm. you know, cause we, uh, the, where Michael Bean got paid, we get these little, you know, personnel cards. They're very similar yeah. to the, slides that were in aliens during the inquest scene and I, I have to bring this up because i want to get your opinion on this even watching this a thousand years ago i always was concerned that they said unidentified female 12 years old newt was not 12 years old oh well, newt was like eight. Oh uh, well really yes because second grade citizenship award oh yeah yeah she would have been uh, yeah. like eight. So I've always been like, well, but that could have been 12? an old award and maybe that, you know, no, she... but she looks exactly the same. I'm kidding. In the I'm, picture. Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no, no, but I, I, I honestly saw that. And I'm like, she's not 12. She's yeah. like eight or nine. Not a, not a very, not very good attention to, to detail by the graphic designers there. And, um, or maybe, no, nah, I don't know. There's no excuse for that. Um, <laughs> unless, I mean, unless they have been no, they've been floating they've out been there frozen. for considering. They can't yeah, age. but yeah. they, they don't age. age yeah. That's exactly right. Otherwise, Ripley would be 122 years old. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, just want, I had to bring it up because that's always bothered me. <laughs> it's annoying. That that whole bit is annoying. It's it's heartbreaking in the wrong way when you when they go through this exposition of it. The to be there the work print of the movie the extended version of the movie has a longer first act before they bring ripley conscious and they edited mm -hmm. it down so that they 
could get to her quicker. And it doesn't fix any of this, but it it does, the film moves and you get introduced to Charles Dance first, like in a real way. You get, you know, it moves in a way that softens is it, that is blow Is this the somewhere. assembly cut? Yeah, it's the assembly cut. Which I've never seen. I mean, I just, for revisiting It's not, purposes, look, the assembly the cut is, is, it's an assembly cut, so it's not like some better version of the movie. There's lots of things they fixed by the time they got to the theatrical version. But okay. there's big things, there are two big plot lines in the theatrical version that they just lifted out of the original shooting script that help the film. But the ending sloppier, the, there's just a lot of things that the, it coming out of an ox is much weirder than it, the dog business. It just, it's harder to, to make the connections. It's grosser by like a lot. Um, I found this movie very gory. Like, yeah, I'd forgotten how gory it's it is. It's a hard R film of the era for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't. I recommend people who like Alien Three to see the assembly cut, of course. But but it, you know, we we talked about we talked in great detail about the differences between Aliens, the director's cut or the special edition and irregular Aliens, mm -hmm. and. We talked about how neither is perfect, but the extended version really is the one you got to watch if you have to yeah. only pick one. With this, it's not clear at all. It's 50-50. Could go either way. And okay. you would say, well, the longer version's for fans of the film, but who really loves this movie? I, I don't know many people. <laughs> I did until this week, Ryan. Yeah. I, I, wow. I still like it somewhat because it's... it's. No, there's a lot of good things, but it's right. just, it didn't... And my thing is, there's no magic. There's just nothing no, there. No, I agree. It's just I don't care. You know. Let's um, let's talk about the the prison planet here. Let's talk about this cast of characters. We are well. It's a prison to. colony, isn't it? I mean, Colonies, they're all in please, prison. Yeah. Colony. But yep. A number of them have served their sentence and chosen to stay here. Just chose to stay. They've right. all found religion. So that religious aspect of it, the Gothic cathedral of the design of the thing is still in beautiful, really so great production really design good, yeah. and really, really well shot and photographed by the director and his crew. Yeah. So at least you get that out of it. Even the, the optical effects, I said some of the alien effects, it just, especially the digital ones, they just couldn't quite do. The yeah. puppets are still great. Uh, yeah. Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff. Yeah. Uh, they're, oh, they're Stan Winston, Winston acolytes, yeah. and they are top notch. Um, so a lot of great things, but you know, a lot of things that miss the mark too. The prisoners are interesting. It's a fantastic cast, like all these casts. It really is. Yeah, the actors are really, really good, but they're all bald. They're all yes. wearing the same thing. They all have very little screen time, and they're all di very difficult, with only a couple exceptions to tell apart from each other. Yeah. in meaningful storytelling ways. Well, and that kind of undoes the talented people that they got together. to. No, this, is, this is what I found interesting on this latest viewing because I remember watching the film and being, I have no idea who each person is. Mm -hmm. It didn't help that the accents were so heavy yeah. and they all looked the same. But I thought was really interesting, shut up, Joel, is that watching it this time, it's like, I knew who everybody was like I had no issues understanding or getting an idea of who they were and it, recognizing people. I don't and know that's, if that's just come with age. And that's wisdom, one of the but big like, pluses of the assembly cut. Is it even easier to tell them apart? They, really? Those I, I lines that you missed for the that. minor characters 
are back in the thing. Yeah. I don't know that it makes it that much better a movie, but the one guy who goes insane, the prisoner yeah. who just goes nuts, so halfway through the movie, they trap they trap the alien in this sort of chamber where the heat goes, where it's impenetrable. They trap it in there and they've saved themselves. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's fantastic sequence that they sort of got rid of, and he he goes down there to I don't know what worship it. His mind is kind of blown, and yeah. somebody who's supposed to be watching him doesn't, and he goes down there and opens it up. He's like <laughs> like this, and the yeah. thing just comes yeah. running out, and you're just like, no, it's a it's like a big portion of the middle act of the movie, and it's just gone in the theatrical cut, mm-hmm. and it's too bad because I. I, that's the thing I miss the most is that mechanism. The fact that they outthink the thing and then and then it, because of their own dogma and because of this weird, partly because of this weird culture they created and partly just because this guy was bonkers and who wouldn't be a little bonkers in this situation. I don't know. It's like the religion turns on them at that point in a really nasty way. And I found that thematically rewarding not to mention just really exciting yeah um so that's the to me that the opening with with charles dance's doctor character since i remember the movie critics at the time and we'll just spoil everything which is a deep dive sorry guys yeah, but the no, movie it, critics it, it, at the time was like the only other sympathetic character in the whole damn thing halfway is, through not even halfway through is just discarded and of course he's meant to be a stand-in for you know, a pone and the the sort of you know the people that get killed and the aliens that are that seem sort of you know worthwhile or even yeah. even Captain Dallas whose demise is feels inevitable when you're watching it, but you just don't want to believe in your head if you're buying in that he's marching yeah. off to his doom. You want to believe that the captain will be around to lead us and somehow figure this out. And Dance is very much that character, and it's a fantastic performance by Charles. Oh, Dance. it is. I mean, he's, he's so engaging and so attractive and you just, and it's, it is sad that they, it, it seems that there's really no, I don't see really the point other than to just continue to hurt Ripley. Right. Like what, what, what purpose does it serve? Right. You know, it, it's, it's, and it's, it's brutal and it's, I guess it kind of plays into the fact that they've already killed Hicks and Newt. So why not? It's you know, a, it's just a nihilist film in that way it just is it just tortures you and this is one of yeah. the bit killing newton hicks is unforgivable it's still i mean what i'll say good things about this still all the way to the end but it's unforgivable i have not forgiven it for it no and i will i never will so no, that part is, can't but be it's, it's extra cool. to me yeah to me it feels like it, it was it, it was one of those moments as if you as if if you didn't believe it with newt and hicks going right. it was no one is safe don't you know and you the moment you're going to get attached to a character i'm going to go ahead and kill him but, but the movie uh, doesn't and, provide you kind of any more characters to get attached to after him well i mean i think we're supposed to uh feel that way about um about charles dutton's character but you don't uh you don't no you don't that's i all, mean that's not all. that he's a bad character but you don't you don't. There's nothing there. Right. There, there's yeah. No. I, I mean, but I do. I do believe that we are. We're meant to, uh, sort of transfer our, yeah. uh, you, you know, our loyalties or our, our our desires for for victory to to that character. And 
And and yet yeah, I'm like, oh no no, the... she's totally gonna you know from from the moment we met him or not moment we met him, but it was like the moment they this this whole thing kind of the whole third act I guess started. I'm like, yeah, he will be sacrificing himself because that's right. that character. That's that... the function of that character, right? As opposed uh, to it, yeah. this is a person I'm buying into it. Dutton's good mm-hmm. in it. He's got that great speech that yeah. that great you know fighting well, on your fighting at your feet like a man or yeah, dying yeah. Well, all, all I don't, I don't the speeches in this I one were really Reagan. yeah all the speeches including Ripley's were just like oh god these are bad you didn't well, like yeah, it well, in the in first his... it was crew expendable I'm just like oh god this is just so yeah, clunky yeah, yeah. and yeah and, and, I, don't want, I, I did don't like the funeral over. scene yeah the funeral scene it's was, very moving uh, it, it's again it's got the great music yeah it's got the great music it's the weird the preaching style of Dutton's there, I think is very, but I love that um, image of the, uh, the warden, then Charles dance, then Weaver, that kind of, it's beautifully done. But the thing I don't want to pass over since we've already talked about dance's fate, but the, this latest viewing, I found it so strange when Ripley starts flirting with him. It felt so, this is, I, it, I'm, where is this coming from? I know we're, she's a human being and, but. Well, she says, I've been out here this whole time. She says this, I've been fighting this my whole life, but really for her, all of this has happened over the course of a couple of weeks. She's had a little bit of time running the loaders on uh, the gateway station, but otherwise. No, I get it. She's horny, yeah, but, but I, it, what, it, after where, where she is and what has yeah, happened, it yeah, just yeah. is like. This is, I understand you want to get them to connect, but I don't think you needed to get them connect sexually. It was well, really and, it, odd. and it and it was like, well, was this a was this a tactic to not talk about what you thought? No, you know, I I really you know, I really feel like it's like the Dallas Ripley relationship. They weren't in love or anything. They were using each other to satisfy their needs while they were deep in space. There was respect and a connection there, but you, mm-hmm. you that was you know with Hicks Cameron. And they don't. It's not like they have sex or anything. But with him, they, they he showed us a future where this family unit with yeah. Bishop, you know, in the kitchen making dinner, literally <laughs> could be a thing that we could all believe in and love. And yeah. then there was hope that could come out of all this intense nastiness. Aliens is a nasty film. It's harsh, but it has this kernel of a thing in it. There's nothing like that in this. But I didn't mind that they just hooked up because I think. I think she comes from that culture. I think he's lonely and here's a beautiful sure. woman. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we should also but talk about her shaved head because that was big, big news at the time. Fury yeah. 161 is infe- it, 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 the lice other infested. main life form on this planet is lice. These yeah. giant lice and all, all sizes in between. And to keep themselves free of lice, they all have their heads shaved. And they said in a meeting, this is very famous scene that was in all the publications at the time they said well you know they looked at her and they're like well what do you think about oh here sorry <clears throat> well uh what do you uh think about maybe shaving your head and she was like well you'll have to pay me more for that <laughs> That was her answer. Is that how she got her co-producer credit? It was an extra... Well, no, she got extra co-producer credit by bending the film a little bit for that character's sake. 
Um, and she, it was, it was her that really bought hardcore into that. This was a final chapter of sorts. Yeah. And she really wanted it to feel like one. And that's why the whole thing feels like a funeral. Cause it, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's, but I, I think that's, I think that bit is funny. You'll have to pay me more. It was an extra million bucks and change in 1991 Jeez. for her to shave her head. And that was a ton of money at the time. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we talked about Charles dance, uh, and, uh, and the, the crazy, uh, prisoner, Paul McGann. And he's a doctor uh, and that, mm-hmm. that autopsy scene, which again is unforgivable. It just is his, oh. his sense. Cause they give Newt an autopsy cause Ripley insists because she wants to make sure that there's no well, yeah, what's alien cra- in, contamination in the, in the, there. Yeah. She, she go, they go back to the, uh, to the, to the escape Pod EV. had EEV and um and she sees a bit of acid. Yep. Um there and so she knows that something is around and doesn't know. But you know Dan- that's Dance's finest moment and he he mm-hmm. does he doesn't know why she wants this. He goes along with it out of sensitivity to her. His quiet simple way of talking while he's performing this terrible act on this child. Uh-huh. Somewhere between eight and twelve years old. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> no, I. It, it's just I, it's wonderful acting by him, and so I cherish I the scene for that reason. I think that's one of the most powerful scenes in the whole film. I it's agree. Beautifully shot. That weird blue tint because it's so cold. That sound of the, when her chest cracks when he oh, opens man. it up, and and Sigourney's reaction, her physical reaction to that, it, yeah. it's just. Ugh. But I, I think her best delivery in the film is in this scene when she's like, she kind of swallows and she said, like, the che- like open the chest, like she, a more, you know, like do mm-hmm. a little more kind of thing. But I think uh, one of the benefits of these early sequences is that eye appliance she has, that contact or whatever. Yeah, with the, the blood, blood soaked eye. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's so upsetting and just it's, it makes me cringe every time she's on screen with it. But I, I love that scene, and I think it's a, a really interesting, the, the fact that, um, who's the warden? I can never think of the character's name. When he uh, comes down, Andrews, like, why, yeah. yeah, why are you doing this? You know, yeah, I didn't authorize this. And the fact that he goes to bat for her and, and says, oh, you know. It's, it's, they, they build a little a trust nice with connection. each other. Yes. He yeah, ends up telling her his life story, essentially. Yeah. Why is he at this prison? You know, yeah. how, do you, how, do, how does a nice guy like you get a crap posting which, like this which then again it that that confirms the additional insult of killing him so quickly no i agree it's mm-hmm. just it's it's rude well and also yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's just very, not it good manners to kill him it at isn't. that point it I is agree. Un, I agree. it is quite i agree it's, it is quite uncouth um but uh you know, and, uh, but, but again another he's the another salad fork of the thing. film yeah well, another Another element that, uh, of all of this, though, is that, um, uh, you know, again, going back to the, the uh, to me, the uh, real weak elements of the script is it's built up that, you know, what he has done, don't, you know, boy, I'm going to tell Ripley what you did to get put in here. And he's like, well, I can't tell you. Yeah. You know, she's like, well, I, I, you know, I saw the barcode. So what's that story? He's like, I, no, not, not for, not now. And, was, and it turns out it's just, he was drunk and killed some people with, uh, uh, you know, bad medicine. Yeah, to me, that wasn't like, I was waiting for, 
oh, you like used to eat children or right, something, you know, right, I, I you know, like, because the way this movie has been set up where, you know, I, I could totally see where it would be like, oh, yeah, I used to. Uh, we I are all sweaters and murderers and, yeah. of people. Yeah. I mean, they come yeah. right out. Lady, you don't want to know me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Look, yeah, and let's go to that. Let's go to that moment, lady. You don't want to know me. Well, and she so comes then, up to thank Charles Dutton's characters, who's basically the leader of the prisoners. Right. He said yeah. some nice words at Newton. He doesn't want to be the leader of anything, but he is the de facto leader of these people. She says she wants to thank him for his words at the funeral, which we all agree are fairly moving. Um, and he just. Lady, He's the other character that she could have some connection with, but doesn't because sure. he he insists that they don't. So yeah, there's a scene where they try and woman... rape her. We we can't do this whole movie like it's a whole episode, so we're gonna no skip no a I bunch know, of this but part. it was it, it, but again that was a bonkers moment. We just want this whole thing. Make sure that she does yeah. not leave the infirmary. She gets dressed. I'm just gonna go get a bite. Don't worry. See yeah. ya. And you know, and then and then uh, Dutton's like, "You lady, you don't want to know me." And so she's like. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. she sits. Oh, this probably makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> what you going to do? And I'm like, what it, is going on? No, this is there's a, there's a symptom of the weirdness of Ripley in this that struck me really hard is um, the amount of cursing she did in this film. Yeah, it, hmm. it struck me as so weird. And I know she's cursed in the other films, but it always felt organic. This It all felt kind of I mean, they well, went way over the top in resurrection as far as you know big one-liners but they started here and it's <laughs> like i just it doesn't work it makes her cartoonish but more and, to the and, point joel joel is describing a very common tough woman of the 90s yeah ism that is in this film that is not part of the other films it is it's very much of its time in that way and it doesn't feel consistent with the character she it's not that she wouldn't confront confront a man or couldn't it's that she wouldn't provoke and poke people for no reason Agreed. and that yeah and that does feel stupid these people, so that's these people who literally just saved her right um and, yeah, and, and even the worst guys even the guy who, uh holt mccallany's character and that other guy who try and rape her literally they are praying and really trying to re they're rapists there are no women around here they've uh, they've moved removed themselves from temptation and have been trying to live this chaste like religious life and you can mm -hmm. see them struggling with just her very presence and for her to provoke that does feel sort of weird and disrespectful even yeah. though it's not like you can it, the, the movie's just dark and complicated and ugly because of that because yeah. you can't defend rapists either it, it leaves you with no place i hate to say you know bill murray i think it was quick change or something he, he had a script that he wanted to do and the studio wanted to put him together with ron howard and he's like, oh, yeah, Ron Howard, he made this Bill Murray's words. He said, oh, yeah, Ron Howard, he made a good movie once. I believe he's referring to Night Shift. And this that movie was made in the late 80s, early 90s. So, you know, that was his reaction to it. I'll actually talk to him. So he they had this meeting and Ron read the script and Ron said, well, you know, I, I don't this, I don't do as good a Ron Howard as a David Geiler, but. Well, you know, I don't, I just didn't know who to root for when I was reading it. And Bill Murray's like, oh, well, then you're not the guy for the project. Forget it. Because you don't, because Bill's point was that's, you shouldn't be reading this like you're some 
suit stooge sitting over there in Century City. Right. You're a director and a creative person, and you, you're, I think you're an idiot now, so please go away. I'll find right. some kid to direct this that doesn't need somebody to root for or whatever that is. But, <laughs> but so I always, uh, I mean, Bill Murray's, a, you know, we, we, we worship him, but he's a really rude and obnoxious guy and has been mean to lots of people throughout the years. But in this case, I've always, at least artistically, I've always agreed with him. You don't. And everything does not mm-hmm. need somebody to root for. That's not what every story is. Don't limit yourself by that. Don't limit your imagination by that. And don't don't allow that to you know allow that to happen on its own, maybe. But this film literally takes steps every time it can to make sure that you're not rooting for any of these people. It it it's not just standoffish by its nature, which it was already gonna be. It makes an effort to, to make you not like them or not be able to accept them or not be able to be on their side when, well, when mm-hmm. stuff on, comes down. On that note, though, that one of the other things that struck me is that they made Ripley weak. How so? I mean, when, well, this is jumping ahead a bit, but when she goes well, we to need, Dutton, we're we need jumping to ahead. go for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when she goes to Dutton says, you know, kill me. I'm like, oh. this is not the Ripley that we know. She sacrificed everything in the previous film. Everything. I mean, she well, she put her and, and it's I, just a it's just a stupid conceit. We find out that Ripley is impregnated not just with an alien, but with a but queen. But an alien queen. Yeah. The queen, yeah. And she cannot bring she tries, but she cannot bring herself to kill herself. So she asks the closest it's, murderer to kill her for for her. But it's it's not in Ripley's DNA to do that. It's to, so it to give up if she has an alien inside her. I think it no, is. No, no, it is. No. Yes, yeah, I, I disagree. Um, I don't think that she she don't want to be hanging around when a queen. I comes understand to- that, but then she can she ends up doing it herself anyway. But I'm saying it's like but that's that's in this film that's but considered but, character growth. But in the in the other in Aliens, remember she asks Hicks to do it, right? Right. If it comes so to that, I'll it do it. And she, you know, and at the very beginning when she has her dream sequence back in Aliens, when she's like, no, kill me. When when it starts happening, she's like, I kill guess me. it follows and, through, and, but it still didn't quite. It's close no, because the execution of the scene was incredibly clumsy. flawed and the dialogue was just clunk city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you're at the, so let's let's jump to. So, yeah, she's she she knows that she is ultimately going to die. Uh, because she has this queen in and her. And by the way, uh, Ripley's fake and, coughing, Weaver's fake coughing's terrible. Anyway, moving on. Wow. Um, Take that's that, Sigourney Weaver. Suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, let, so we get, so like meanwhile, fake coughing. Yeah. we had, you know, we had a ticking clock That's all that's going to be on Twitter and stuff now. Yeah. Michael Burns, <laughs> that's Sigourney gonna be my, Weaver. That's all the show my, is going to be about. I almost want you to do it again to make sure I have a clean version of it because I think I started <laughs> talking so I can use it for TikTok. Can you just say one more time about what you just said? Weaver's fake coughing is terrible. Okay, good. That's the TikTok. Um, so then um, we, uh, but so we get there's there's two ticking clocks in Alien Three. Uh, Sigourney, I mean uh, Ripley has the Queen Alien and the uh, the uh, Wayland Yutani group. Is on its way. Have been there. notified automatically by the mm-hmm. 
reports that get sent and out. This the, is a as they're putting the alien in the the compressor thing, whatever. That's counting down. That whole sequence was pretty. That well she done, randomly ended up in effects. deep space on a Wayland Utani run private prison colony is one of the. I mean, talk about hokey yeah. things, you know. <laughs> but the it, fact that they're only three hours away, I'm like, that doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. That's true too. Although they they probably aren't coming from Earth, they're probably coming from some other outpost. No, or something. regardless, yeah. that doesn't mean they. Do oh, we're just in the neighborhood. Well, well yeah, again, I mean, in in Vincent's script, the Salaha, in Vincent Ward's script, they're on this. They're in this monastery on this free trajectory into the depths of space. They really are all alone. Nobody's coming to help them or hurt them. Right. That idea, the feel of that idea is in this thing, but the logistics are completely swapped around. Well, I so. mean, they do yeah. they do know when Ripley does the the scan. So they've been following the Sulaco and the EEV this whole oh, time. Oh, right. That's true. So they yeah, know. Because, That's yeah. their gear. Because, that helps um, me yeah, a little the, bit. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, because also, the, yeah. It, it, they didn't just send a group of people. They sent Michael Bishop Wayland of Wayland yutani that's his, that his full name. That, apparently, that is his full name is Michael Bishop Wayland, uh, and uh, and th so we see that part. Um, here's a fun bit of behind the scenes man. trivia. Uh, that part it? was cast and shot with Ed O'Neill, and it got laughs in the audience at the time. I remember. So they that. replaced yeah. the end of the film with the guy they had on hand, which was Lance Hendrickson, to come in at the end and. Yeah. I am not the well, and android that, bishop guy. Yeah, I'm the guy. Yeah, I um that that I, I didn't know about Ed O'Neill. That also just the idea of it makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> he, I'm, uh, he, the he, sad he, thing is he's a terrific actor. He's a terrific actor. I'm just picturing like it was, well, that's uh, in Al, the heyday of yeah, Mary with, Mary with children, children, right? Yeah, and yeah. the uh, audience and and Fox for him staying with Married with Children, which he wanted to quit almost every season he was on it was to put him in some other thing where he could play some other type of person. So this was part of that deal. And he got oh. paid for it and he shot it, but it's just nowhere to be mm -hmm. found. There's not even a deleted scene of it. They just, wow. they just, uh, that is screening audience gave it the old, woo, a character from Married with Children has just come <laughs> on the set and we're giving him yeah. the live yeah. audience uh, oh, sign of approval. Ellen, Ellen, you got, uh, yeah. So it's just another thing sexy. in Alien 3 that just went totally wrong. Joel's well, right. It's, um, it's not Ed's fault, but it you can yeah. see how uh, it happened. But it fits in with what we already know about how it mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So Lance Hendrick, uh, Lance Hendrickson, uh, Bishop, and the, fandom the real giving guy. that giving that uh, not the Android Bishop guy a full name is just unnecessary and stupid. You don't need to fit mm -hmm. him into the canon but again we well, he's just, an alien versus predator no okay it'd be an ancestor it'd be a distant ancestor right but there's he's there it's hendrickson but anyway it's hendrickson right but it's yeah. yeah um so actually he's credited as bishop too um but oh, uh, that i can live the with well we're tying materials on tying materials bishop, bishop. He's trying to convince her, no, it's really me. I'm a human. I'm here to help you. But then when he gets his head bashed by one of the other characters, his ear is yeah, wonky and he's bleeding human blood. But does that suggest to you that he is an android? Because his ear is hanging off in a kind of ash type way. No, it's a no, person. No, I think it's, it's a, I think it, I, I think it is a person. It's a person. Uh, I, and if it I isn't, that moment, then they didn't do nearly enough to put doubt in my mind. But 
Yeah. Michael, I, I you think have it, whatever movie you want in your dreams. I don't care. It can't be worse than Alien 3. Yeah. But I think it intentionally is that mo- the whole moment of him getting hit was to show that there's red blood coming out. Exactly. Of I know. This um, year was weird. Yes. Well, have you ever... Um, I'm going to encourage you. I'm not going to encourage you, dear listener, because I don't want you to do this. But Michael, go ahead and look up uh, like <laughs> hanging ear on Google and um, and you'll okay, probably I'll, I'll see pass. some pretty gross things. Um, but so, uh, you know, he's Gangling trying to convince. Ear. Yeah. So Ripley, you know, he's like, no, no, think of everything that we can learn from it. Oh, and Ripley's like, uh, no. Um, oh, and this so is she... this is after they fought the alien and the foundry. Almost all our major characters have died. Charles Dutton yep. does sacrifice himself. The Puma alien is killed. It, the killing of it doesn't work perfectly, but it does work. Yeah, let's let's give it up for the alien, though. It can it, we now you know what we molten learn is that the alien can withstand molten lead. Yeah. Right. It's only when on they d- dump the the sprinkler coolers on it that it cracks and explodes. Great mm-hmm. music cue, by the way. I agree. Um, and 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 frankly, Great a cool way game. for a cool way for it to to defeat. Uh, d- d- you know, because everything not else a bad, has been sucked out. Just from an action the, standpoint, uh, it's not. It's a little disorienting, but it's not a bad sequence at all. It's pretty cool. Well, um, it's, but then the exploding alien wouldn't everyone and everything around have been just completely acidized? But no one is possibly, but th- it was superheated and then super and then quickly cooled. Everything could have been and, crystallized. And nobody and so was we... right there on top of it when it happened either. Ripley wasn't even on the platform yet. Right. So, but still, um, I don't know. You're you're at you're asking a lot of questions that nobody has ever nobody asked, and no one asked. cares the answer to. So. So we get we I'm get the moment of, uh, of you, you of, need to start finding you know, things a little less interesting. I guess I'll put it in your own vernacular. Um, you're not Ripley's, being helpful here at the end. Yeah. This is about <laughs> theme. It's about the theme of of sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? And and we have now Ripley, who has uh, Ripley is one other say... prisoner. That's all that's left after this big ending disaster. I can't remember yeah, the name yep. of the other prisoner. He played a Doctor Who at one point. D- uh, Danny. Uh, oh no, well, it's no, Danny Webb. Danny Webb is the one who survived. Paul McGann is the one who goes crazy and and right, right, uh, right. and is what? No, Danny Webb as Robert Morse apparently is a very very formal Certainly. name is the, um, Morse's uh, prisoner. But um, yeah, he he's the one who survives. Uh, good Ripley, for Danny. Uh, he's a good actor. We didn't mention yep. Pete Postlethwaite's in this movie. Like it's really yeah. loaded with really good actors. Yeah, it but, really yeah. is. It's um yeah, and, uh, Christopher uh, Fairbanks is in it. It just you Brian know, Glover, Ralph Brown as 85. Really really good people. British yeah. actors. Charles Great. Dance, we already said. Yeah. Um but um, they're all dead now except for Danny Webb. Alien is dead. Alien Queen is coming. Alien and, Queen is And coming Bishop 2 is trying to convince her they're going to help her. Mm-hmm. That, of course, that is an old story. That doesn't work. Then he tries to con- yep. then he tries to go to the think of, oh, we can learn from it. And it really is kind of... That was a good Henriksen. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, it, it's it, it's it's awesome how the company man can't keep can't hold back his company-ness. It comes out of him. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, he just, once, once his lying doesn't work, it just full-throttled... You know, we love this alien. We've we've coveted it for so long. Please let us have it. It's pathetic in a way. And she brings herself out on the platform and at the key moment drops herself into the 
basically this volcano of this metal foundry, lead foundry below her. And while she's falling, David Fincher hated this. I sort of get it. But while she's falling, the thing pops out of her chest. The effects are a little dodgy. I think the music cue is awesome, so I've always forgiven it. But, it's the same cue as the funeral of Newton. Yeah, Hicks. but it, it, it goes even further because they added yeah. this extra stuff in it. So he had to write... He wrote this huge heightened thing, and then the film requires him to make it even more heightened, which is a difficult thing to do as a, as a musician. And he pulls it off, in my opinion. It, yeah. As a piece of music in your headphones on your tape while you're mowing the lawn, it's a stunning piece of music. Um, well, it's, and that's it. And they drag Danny I, Webb you, out the door at the end. And I, my, my last thoughts on this film, because like I said, seeing it twice in the theater, I would go home and listen to the soundtrack and cry because I love Ripley so much. And I cried at the film when I saw it. Yeah. So in my mind, there's this deep nostalgia of great emotion for this film. And I, there's this love for it. And it was actually kind of sad this week, you know, cause it's been probably 20 years since I've revisited and I'm like, man, it just, it, it's a bummer to me that none of that's really there anymore. It's just, eh, you know, it's fine. Technically it looks pretty good. You know, performances are good. Although I remember Weaver's performance being far better the last time, like this time I'm like, okay, it was fine. You know, and it's, it's, that's the main takeaway, which it, is it, sad. It certainly has its moments, but the yeah. film takes that character a step in a direction that, yeah that it doesn't need to it it mm -hmm. makes her more of a cliche than she is in the first film you know yeah she she's a fully rounded person in the other two movies they each have their own take on her too that's slightly different but it's all there this this film is she it's not there's there's remnants of that character there there's a a really good performance by a really good actor at the top of her game but it's it the character like this this weird confrontational yeah. character is like not not who it's not enough i guess to pull the movie through the sacrifice I mean, I moment is kind of neat it's an okay way for the character to go out when you say it i think when you're watching it or <laughs> it, it, yes. maybe it's not so great well it doesn't help that the effect not just the queen but the the effect of her body falling into yeah. the molten lead right. is like ugh, mm -hmm. god they it's they so just, terrible yeah they don't pull that off yeah yeah. They there's and they're yeah and that's uh, the final thing in the in the series to date they had to pull that off and they just they don't I agree with you the the disappearing two dimensional Ripley into the molten it, it, that it's even worse than the alien which they do I think as good as you could <laughs> that idea I think is tough to pull off and I think they kind of do it as good as they could even if it's not good yeah. that that weird perspective shot for <laughs> Mm -hmm. which seems to fall mm -hmm. way too far and yet never hit the but, lava. It's just not well done. But in so. 92, I was so invested in the character. None of that mattered. I'm like, oh, yep. Ripley is, I was angry. Well, the film was an, in 19. The film yeah, was a so decent then. sized hit. It was a summer movie. It was a dark R rated gross film that made bank. It wasn't a huge runaway hit like the others, but it, it did it did enough to justify its yeah. budget. And a lot of people had the same reaction. Well, mm -hmm. I guess that's, was the next one or, well, it was must see cinema. I mean, we all had to go. It's alien. Well, yeah. And, and you know, and it was, it was, it, we were going to, it was our, it, we were saying goodbye to Ripley, this character that we, that we loved. Um, and we had been on these, um, these 
horrific adventures with. And, um, and so it was, it was like, well, I got to go see it. Cause this is my, this is the chance I got. Oh, this find is my girl. What's... And as yeah, a, gotta... as a segue, it really is the last time we see the Ripley character. Right. In film. Right. It we, really is. Um, there, she's but... in another movie, but. Yeah. Well, so we move ahead uh, five it, years. It really isn't a further uh, and, adventure of the person we know as Ripley at all. So. No, no, and 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 she, you know, and we cannot call her Ellen Ripley because this Ripley is the eighth clone of Ellen Ripley, right? Uh, and that move, and and uh, Ripley eight, as uh, I think we should, I think is that truly what she's credited at credited as. Sounds about right. Um, that is in 1997's. Alien Resurrection. Mm. <sighs> exactly. Thank okay, so you. So let's give let's give the, our listeners uh, a chance here to just uh, take a minute because we are about to talk about Alien Resurrection. Yeah. And um, that's not going to be easy. That's not. It's not going to well, be easy to hear. This this is my takeaway. I loved Alien Three. Now I don't. I never loved Alien Resurrection <laughs> at all. Joel and I saw this in the theater together. Oh yeah, and wow, yeah. this revisit this. Uh, I was in Kentucky when this movie came out. Man, yep, um, this is rough going. Rough going. Yeah, this um, this movie. Uh, I mean, so the yeah, obviously. Well, it uh, starts two hundred oh, years. Two hundred. Two hundred years, years in the later. Future. It starts with, it's interesting because it starts with all of the main ideas that would later become the Firefly series. Um, it, it, the, all right. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is weird because, because we all love Firefly. I think mostly because it's this warm, fuzzy place that, that even though it has some inherent danger in it, we all want to spend time in. And this, Never while it kind of has all the same archetypes and all the same ideas, isn't. It's just the opposite of that. Joss Whedon's yeah. script for Alien Resurrection is just a dark, cynical, awful thing. It has some of his wit in it, but it's it's all used for evil. None of it is used for good whatsoever. And and I and it and that's where it starts. You know, uh, Jean Pierre Jeannot, who shot it, gets tends to get all the blame for it because it's weird and it's French. But I really think its weirdness and its Frenchness are not what derails it. It's this cruel, mean-spirited, just ugly... Like, even Alien 3, which is as dark and, and brutal a film as you can imagine, this film isn't as dark and brutal as that. It's breezy and it moves along at a reasonable clip and it you know it's always trying to excite you it has nothing to do with religion or sacrifice or any of that crap it just you know it but it's Whedon's script's terrible I don't know how else to put it it's why anyone read it and thought oh this is it this is the next step it has this kernel of an idea how do we bring somebody back that died in a you know molten lead foundry you can't right so they had some of her dna and they they cloned her that's the thing and the only scene and it's a wordless scene in the entire movie that it generates any empathy uh i guess you feel bad for some people some of these people's fates are dark and horrible and even if they're not the nicest people they sort of don't deserve nobody deserves to get you know their head bit into by an alien or be torn in half or all the awful things that happen sure but 
none of these people, not many of them anyway, a couple of them almost deserve to die that way because what they're doing is just so morally repugnant. But that aside, it the only scene in it, and I don't mean to just skip to the scene, but why not? The only scene that engenders any empathy is when this Ripley clone, clone number eight, walks through this laboratory where the other seven Ripley clones are, the failed it's, clones. It's grotesque. It, it's, it's so... It's horrendous, but it, again, it, this is a moment where somehow the actor makes this a meaningful thing. One of the only meaningful things in the whole film. Uh, the crew is populated. Well, the guy. There's a military installation in space with an evil mad scientist played by Brad Dourif. Good casting. If you mm-hmm. if you have to have a crappy movie like this, at least Brad brings a little yeah. goofiness and fun to it. Some unpredictability. Dan Hedya Hedaya, sorry, is is fine in it, but it, it's not. There's the part isn't there. written with any consistency or any humanity. Right. No, um, no, not at all. And and one of the more frightening visuals in the entire film. And, and, yeah. and this is in no way meant to uh, I know exactly. body shame. I am a very, I am a Yeti-like man myself. <laughs> but the moment he wakes up in and in, in ju- is just wearing a tank yeah. uh, T-shirt uh, and the with backlit... It, it is like, yeah, oh that was God, probably you know, the most jarring thing. of the film. He's a hairy, However, hairy, 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 yeah. very hairy man. And I, it does make me he want, very, like, very primate. Would, like, yeah, I would love to see H what, what HR Giger could have done with <laughs> an alien that would have had Dan Hedaya as, as a host. host. We would Interesting. have had alien effects in this film anyway, are brought are better. into the light. They're brought into the light. They're the in a way that's a bad idea. You know, Ridley no, had a I... cool looking alien, but really tried to hide it. Uh, Ray Lovejoy and Cameron tried to edit their way around it, so you never really got a perfect look at one un- until the Queen showed up. Um, and then even Alien Three tried to kind of go by the rules of the first film, mm-hmm. where you slow trotted the thing out into the movie this film we see them in these laboratories we just see them clear as day everywhere and they're still an intimidating thing but the very concept of the alien being that way in a film takes some of the psychological horror out of it honestly I agree, but the the effects, the practical effects through the entire series have been fantastic. But and they're the really, really good in Alien Resurrection. In, yeah. yeah, the visual effects, because in 3, any of the computer stuff is not good. It doesn't hold up. But in Resurrection, I'm like, they really made it work. Like, all that stuff, I'm like, I'm buying it. I'm in, you know? Yeah, I, the swimming aliens in particular were all digital, and they look fantastic yeah. comparatively. And again, it's mm-hmm. Woodruff and Guinness and their Gillis, and they're really, really good. Yeah. really really good at this stuff and, um, and but it's in the service of a story that just isn't well, worth telling it's yeah. it's funny to me to me the one of the big things in this because in three revisiting i'm like everyone's really selling their part like again i was able to tell everybody apart and i'm like these are really interesting separate characters resurrection had nobody nobody was doing anything other than phoning it in well, Weaver, maybe I don't know that that's true. Oh, it looked no, no one was committing. It yeah, just to me, I, mean, I don't this think is that's right. I, I I don't think they were committing to the reality of the situation. But I think what I, you've got 
you've got uh, all of them. Winona Ryder, Ron Perlman. I can't remember the French guy who's in all of John's other films. Michael Wincott. Yay! Yeah. Well, Michael Wincott yeah. could be accused of phoning in, but even he is, in his moments, he plays this chilled, laid-back sort of guy. It's fun to see Michael do that because he mm -hmm. played so many goofy guys throughout the years. But I, I think that... I think they're all working overtime to make the movie work. Leland Orser, um, they just the movie's just stupid. I mean, it, and, well, and I mean, I, I when do you're blame committing the to script. stupidity, you look stupid. I blame the script, but there's also I've seen. I, of course, I'm not going to have any examples, so my my theory is false. But it's like there, you've seen things where people are able to overcome a bad script. You can it's 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 possible for actors to do that. I just feel like everyone in this it was just. It was, I mean, yes, it's fluff, but it's I don't fluff. know. I, I, I felt like everyone was just kind of trying just, to get through as I don't know as how possible. you, uh, the yeah. way Ron Perlman's character, for example, is written on the page, I'm not sure how else you play it. I just, no, how, I just don't know no, how don't else you do it. It's a matter of their, it's not a matter of their intensity or it just didn't. Well, but that's, when I hear phoning it back. in, I hear, you know, not doing the well, maybe that's not the right term. I don't feel like they were fully committed. I guess that's what I would rather say. Yeah, it, the, no, the movie. Like, I don't yeah. think the movie doesn't, doesn't feel committed to an emotional through. reality. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly, Ryan. I think the movie isn't committed to anything. Right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that, that goes for the actors too. Uh, with in that degree, I agree with you. They are not committed to an emotional reality because the film is absent a useful emotional reality that any of them can latch onto. Winona sure. Ryder, though really does seem to be giving it an effort. I just feel like there isn't mm -hmm. anything there for her. Yeah. I mean, I, she, she wanted mean, to be in a movie with Sigourney. I, she wanted to be in an alien movie. Yeah. She got to play an empathetic, emotional android. That's a new thing we've never seen before. Um, and she, I, it feels to me like she's given it her all. There just isn't anywhere to go with that, with the yeah, way, way the so, film's set She's up. so diminutive as a person yeah. It just feels like she's overwhelmed by everything else going on around her. And I, I understand that's maybe what they wanted. Maybe. But I just can't buy her when she's telling everybody, shut up and stop it. I'm like, I'm not buying any of this. Right. And right. my other thing, the, the call character, and yes, I was paying attention and I know she sort of explained it, but I still walked out with, I don't understand what she's trying to do other than to kill Ripley, but the reasons behind it and the motivations, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like, it was so, which doesn't help you want to try and be on her side, you know, because she is an empathetic character, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Just yeah, like, we, okay. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the fundamental flaws of the film. You know, we've gone through three alien films now where Ellen Ripley uh, is the heart of the, you know, she is that, that uh, the, 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 the moral center, the, yeah. the, the emotional center of the film. And, and then we're supposed to transfer that to Winona Ryder uh -huh. um, because Ripley ate the eighth, the eighth clone is not, you know, there it's, yeah, to me, a... that was the most fun. That was the most fun thing to watch. It, it was, was Sigourney Weaver interpreting this, yeah. this Ellen Ripley with a touch of the alien in her right. uh, was that was, that was fun. I mean, there was there it's were elements of that where I legitimately was like, "Oh, that's that's fun. That idea. must have been fun for her." Well, I I think this is <laughs> a like, stronger oh, performance. You, this is a stronger performance from Weaver than three. Perhaps 
it's, and I think it's, it's not because, a, as likable a character, but it, I, it might no, be a but stronger I mean, performance. I think she's just having more fun. I mean, and you absolutely <laughs> right. And the film has an interesting sci-fi idea about genetic memory. You clone this person, they're an all-new person, but there's and, and they're not the same person at all. And yet, mm -hmm. there's some sliver of the same person there for whatever yeah. reason. That film ex explores that in an interesting way. So I, that's one of the cool things about it. Real quick, before we march to the end of this one. Alien Resurrection is the story of the, 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 it, the military now, not the company. Thank you for at least doing anything different. I mean, it, you know, the military is has this floating science laboratory. They have taken the genetic remnants of Ripley on uh, LV-426 in an effort to clone a queen alien so they can study these aliens. Um, and that genetic material has produced these weird hybrids and these different things while they've been doing this. Eventually, they get a clean alien sample and they get all these warriors and they're doing all these tests on them and stuff in this giant spaceship. The spaceship was supposed to be... Joss Whedon, for ages, always wanted to have a spaceship in space that was like a skyscraper that was tall instead of long. But, of course, yeah. on a movie screen, a tall space station is really, really tough to pull off. Yeah. And that's why yeah. it's always been rejected. It finally showed up in Firefly. <laughs> and then, even then, yeah. when he got to make his movie, those are all gone. You never you don't see them anymore. Because um, mm -hmm. on a movie screen, it just, it just, it just doesn't work. Um, but anyway, there's this big, giant, really big, like, uh, reminds me a little bit of the ship in the black hole. It's really, really big. Oh yeah. goes yeah. on and on and on. And they're doing this out there. Or Spaceball One. Yeah. Cause they're free of any sort of. <laughs> yeah. Beat me to it. I was about to say. It's a good comparison. Truly. I mean, it's funny, <laughs> but it's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, they're out in space because there, there's no laws out here. They're free of any sort of regulations. They can do all this evil stuff. Ripley's clone isn't what they were after. They wanted the alien, but they got a Ripley clone and that's sort of a, that's a little side pet project that they're sure. that this scientist that Brad Dura place is allowed to, to uh, have on, you know, on the side, as long as it's not too much trouble. Uh, the crew that are heroes such as they are, they're not heroes, any of them, but uh, Michael Wincott's crew with Ron Perlman and the other guys, they all show up um, and they're hauling human cargo that are just, people who were going to this colony or that colony, people have been hijacked in space that are being brought to the ship for the sole purpose of being impregnated by, right. by to make more aliens. And they're, they're a pirate ship essentially that's delivering right. this thing. The Betty, the Betty. Right. And, um, and of course the, all, all, all the, we were shown very carefully what the product scientific protocols are, what the safety features built into them, keeping these aliens separate or whatever. We've right. seen some of the tests. It's it's a well-told story in that way. Joss Whedon's not a crap writer. He just he just really wrote something that's ugly and absent of soul here, um, which he's not accused of doing enough because he writes a lot of stuff like that, actually. As for all the great stuff, <laughs> some stuff that's just like, dude, uh, we're not that bad, are we? Maybe we are. Huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the... I just wanted to set up the premise because we barreled into the movie, which I think we were right yep. to do. Um, but that's the setup of the thing. And, of course, the, uh, the aliens get free. Michael, Havoc, Havoc ensues. ensues. Exactly. Yes. So 
Well, I mean, let's give it up though for the uh, like. How are the aliens going to? You know, they're they're seemingly perfectly contained, and then they figure out that's a pretty nifty idea. Which in, in my head, I'm like, why mm-hmm. didn't they think of that earlier? You know, it's great. Well, they never had but, to, and they we never, never did. Think of it it's like the it's like the the Admiral Hobo maneuver or whatever in Last Jedi. Yeah. It's perfectly um, logical, yeah. and yet no one had thought of it before, including us. So it, it's yeah. kind of it, – it's clever in that well, way, but it's also a so game yeah, changer what, what we're in a talking, weird yeah, What way we're too. talking about is, is a bunch of aliens realize, well, we can escape this if we kill one of our own. And let them melt, melt through. And let them melt through the floor. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the one flaw, though, is, is they're in a very pretty small room, and they're stabbing this thing. Uh, and it's bleeding its acid, but none of the other aliens are affected by the acid that is being clearly being like squirted. And, and Dorif going but, in, like, really? I acid, mean, you know. Why well, yeah. would Dorif go in? It's not really. Yeah. From the first time we see acid where it's really handled brilliantly, it's never really handled very well again for the rest of the series. Yeah. That's a yep. tough. It's, it was a great idea. Uh, hats off I to would Ron disagree. Cobb. But Bishop it, getting put in half man status. That's the second best time the a- a acid is used in the entire series. He's just cut in half by a tail and her hands. No, but they, they look down. The little bit of acid comes down. Oh, that's the best. oh acid as a visual storytelling motif. Yeah, yeah. But acid as a, this is what acid does. Right. Not very well. well and even in that moment, where's that acid coming from? She cut her own mm-hmm. egg sac off. She's bleeding. She's been bleeding acid the whole time? Yes. <laughs> a lot of animals in nature, fine. you know, detach but, from no, their eggs, egg sacs. I think the I think you hit the nail on the head as far as it's soulless. There's just nothing here. And the sad thing We are thing meant is, to be in judgment of these people. These people are uh, uh, sacrificing normal people up to their deaths. And well, even, the, yeah. even the normal guy that Orser plays in the film that we're introduced to is not, is not given a chance to be sympathetic by the script. He's immediately... Annoying. This, yeah, annoying, weird cartoon character. It's like... What's inside me? What's inside me? I'm like, okay, we get it. He wants to know what's inside him. But I... It's just, I, I, the, the sucky thing is watching it this last week that the first half hour, because again, it's been 20 something years since I saw this, the first half hour, I was like, I could maybe, because I, I honestly thought, okay, I loved Alien 3, you know, and I didn't like it this time. I've yeah. never liked Resurrection. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. So the first half hour, I was like, I'm kind of gung ho. I'm enjoying this. You know, well, Resurrection wasn't a big summer movie. It was released like in January or something, some weird time, and yeah. it it they didn't have high hopes for it. It had a big budget reduction. Joss Whedon's script, to be fair, delivers the thrills and spills. The underwater alien chase is really yeah. amazing. The uh, it had at the center of it, its major action sequence was cut, not from the movie, but cut from the shooting script for lack of budget. But it had this Jurassic Park like chase through this in a Jeep through this giant atrium with all these plants in it that were generating oxygen on the thing with the aliens. And it's it really would have been exciting and awesome. It would have been a big action movie sequence in this weird action horror movie hybrid film and they cut it and it it they still have some good ones the scene on the ladder is cool we should probably it's talk about long. the 
the beautiful, beautiful baby. The beautiful, beautiful oh, baby. Oh, God. Yeah, that's that is let, let's let's get perverse. to so, it's so, so we get to, so while you know where Ripley has uh, a bit, touch of de, uh, touch of alien to her, the alien queen has a touch of human to her, <laughs> and and she gives a somehow, human or a mammal styled birth. Yeah, to this which, um, just was uncomfortable. Just this perverse. It is. This thing that I wish never existed, and I don't, so I don't usually looking. throw that around. You know, I'm like, well, things are mm-hmm. what they are, and we'll just deal with mm-hmm. them. I don't like to wipe things off the map. That is not part of my cinematic philosophy or my life philosophy at all. But um, yeah. I just and, think and we'd all be this... better off without this human alien hybrid thing. Oh, so it's... gross. The new, as it's as it's credited, the newborn. Uh, so the newborn rejects the alien mother. That's harsh. That moment, and Indeed. and and that is how we get rid of the alien it, queen. That whole scene it, it only has value because Brad Dourif is just Brad Dourif off the oh, hundred scale with yeah. insanity is yeah. always entertaining. No, in no yeah. matter this proves it. No matter the context, Brad Dourif going nuts. He, he delivers. It yeah. works every time. It, you can count yeah. on it. Truth. You know, like and, um, the, like old uh, faithful out there in uh, Wyoming. It's, it's 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 really I'm gonna say interesting because I think it is this whole. Se- uh oh, this was gonna be really interesting. Oh, no, no. Oh, Mike. Oh, this was gonna be. And Michael, hold, it, hold, it, hold, hold, it's Michael. Not that, did you guys freeze? You froze. No, you froze. Hang on Did one sec. Freeze? We'll fix you. you. Hold on. You're, yeah, let's get you. Hold that thought. You, you look good, boy. It froze on a really attractive version of you. Hey, there. you're back. Hi. Here Are he is. Back? You're yeah. back. Okay, what? so what you found? Hey, I don't know how many Zoom shows we've done, but hardly any freezing. And That's pretty correct. good, yeah. So what were you about um, to say? Let's just move on. No, just the, the, this whole sequence is so upsetting and unsettling to me. And, you know, I, I overuse that term primal, but there's something deeply gross about this. And it's not just the image of the newborn and the way it looks and that it has. But it's not deeply and, terrifying or deeply no, horrific. It's, it's scary. Deeply, it's deeply it's, repellent. Yes. <laughs> and and that can't be what the movie was going for. Or maybe it is. You never know with the French. They are weird. But it, it's like I just <laughs> even the weird moment of sympathy when the newborn kills the queen and the way it does it. It's like, I don't like that. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a weird, it's just, it, it gives me the, the willies, this whole sequence. And that creature is so yucky. And, and I actually have the action figure. I've got the, the Ripley resurrection action figure. Nice. Gun. But I, I did have to get that gun from Bishop. I think so. <laughs> But the, I did have the gross newborn figure. I don't know what happened to it. I guess when we well, moved. Let's 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 I'm let the better hold off. on a second here. Um, you actually have a photo of this to, thing. Yeah, let's get let oh, the audience so see. For all you uh, who only listen to the here. show and don't watch us, yeah, this is the Sorry, time I, where that has paid off for you big time. Yep, it absolutely has pay, uh, paid off because you're doing oh, it the right so, way. It's, it's so icky. Yep. And you know what? Its demise is 
equally as disturbing as its actual existence. Yeah, I agree. It's so icky. The whole, I just, oh, I agree. Movie's they, gross. they shoot a little, or with a little bit of acid blood, they put a little hole in the window yeah. of the Betty and it gets sucked out one strand at a time through this uh, nickel sized uh, hole in the window. Is. And the noise it makes and Ripley's telling it. Oh, terrific. Song. And it's, it's just, it is, it has this, it is a baby. Just what Dorif says. It has this, what have you done to me? Look on his face. I mean, there's a yeah. real performance there. And like I said, it's hard to explain how well done it is by by the, the guys who did the effects, uh, but but mixed with how awful and horrible it is. The whole movie, end of the movie, just has you going, ew, ugh, well, no. That, and like, even, I think the, the big failing in the ending is even though this is not Ellen Ripley. Right. The fact that we are seeing this character returning to Earth should be far more triumphant and, oh my God, she's home. After all of this things that she's gone through, and to see her in the Earth's atmosphere and in the clouds, it should be, I don't know, it should be more hopeful and, I, and it's just such a weird well, Yeah, let's also... And, I, I, I sort of hear what you're saying in a vacuum, but the previous hour and 49 minutes of the film don't set you up for any sort of triumphant ending. I know, I know yeah. that, but I'm saying also, as, as a series overall, if we're seeing Ripley come home, yeah. that should be a bigger deal. Yeah, and also, didn't this giant ship just crash into Earth? Yeah. Did it? That's like a deep impact scenario. Yeah. Right there. And and yeah, they show it crashing and they, they show it we displacing got, well, we the atmosphere. We can't get to oh, yeah. mac, you know, we can't get to minimum distance. So they're like, okay, well, let's go the other way then and crash it into it. And so they crash it. In, I'm like, that thing is way too big to get just burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah, um, it was going to hit yeah. something. Although it's not deep impact level, it's not that big. No, but it, not it's, based on it's what they big. showed. But it's, it, yeah, it's a it's, pretty big thing, and then uh, then yeah, it's not then big the, enough like, to cause a tsunami though. Trust, just you have to trust. And me. then we should, and then yeah, and then it, we're. But it's big. It, I mean, it's going to cause again, damage. It's not going to break up in the atmosphere, although lots of it will, and that'll cause damage too. So yeah, I agree. You guys I, are talking about a rather monumental thing happening that the movie shows you, and then just sort of whatever. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah, but Michael, your your point. Your point of maybe there, I mean, we should maybe, you know, this is Ellen, uh, you know, Ellen, again, why am I so familiar with her? Uh, Ripley's, like uh, potentially Ripley, even though it's not Ripley, the Ripley, yeah. not Ripley, uh, you know, coming back to Earth. But I think that there, for me, as I was watching it, I was going, that is, this is still, she has acid for blood. She has like freakishly, you know, superhuman strength. What? and really good basketball aim and and yeah and clearly a baller um yeah and 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 so it's like what you know it's it's not none of this is an appropriate finish for this character nothing it's yep. just so blank and weird and off-putting and i just so it is very much uh yeah. winona writer's film in that way because if if you can bring you can't and the movie doesn't do this, but I think by accident or maybe just in the back of Joss Whedon's head, that's that's the character that is the, that the, the movie is, you know. And yeah, 
and if we could have bought into her more, if we could have found her, I mean, she's, it's not that she's not sympathetic, but she's the only, she's the, she's this android that feels that is part of a resistance movement that has been sent on an undercover mission to make sure that these aliens are destroyed and never get free. And when and she's the only one who recognizes what the danger that Ripley is, the other people don't seem to, the film ultimately doesn't seem to what Michael's saying is legit. It's like, you know, that's no good. And this is the last we see of her. I mean, they're these it's a concepts have been carried into other films, but it, and the clouds are, it's kind of pretty when they're coming through the atmosphere and it turns into clouds like it, but it, so it gives you that this feels like a happy ending, but it isn't. The whole thing it's is wrong. awful. And, and I mean, again, not a poorly crafted film. You got creative behind the scenes people working on the thing. I love no, that it shot. Good. I, it looks great. Like you said, I might every time I t- turn it on, and I've only seen it a handful of times, but I put it in, and the shot of the Betty like climbing up that little chamber and with its yeah, yeah. little parts moving and stuff. It's such great effects shown from such different new sort of angles. Um, there's a lot to like about it from that standpoint, but as soon as Wincott and Hedaya sit down and have that conversation, that is a bleak, ugly, awful yeah. thing that they're talking about, and that film gives you nothing else to counter that the entire time. It's evil scientists, um, unfeeling, pirates, worthless military money, people. Money pirates. The yeah. pirates mm-hmm. are what they're doing is absolutely repugnant and awful. Most of them are complete dicks. Um, it, well, there's just nothing well, to glom onto. Let's go back to that, you know, that moment that you talked about where, you know, one of the only moments of, of empathy where Ripley eight is looking at the other seven clones and has this visceral reaction and, 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 you know, destroys yeah. the entire room. And we have the, you know, the other one, of the clones actually Run. saying, yeah. please kill me. Yeah. And, and blah, blah, blah. And it goes. And then yeah, the one that's then, actually you know, alive. Yeah. And and it's, and it's, you know, and yeah, it's it's, Cronenberg mess. Yeah. And so it it goes on and then, and then she walks away and it's this moment. And and then we just get it. Then it just becomes glib because Whedon has Perlman Perlman gets the last ammo. What a yeah. waste! It must be a chick thing. It's like, I mean, oh, it's really, it's so. Yeah, and it, it, it's all these things we've been discussing, and all these things that you could go back and really dig in and be like, "This is why it fails." It's so, it's just such an oddball piece. Even, even beyond Alien Three shortcomings, this is so far hit from hitting the mark. Right. It's. I just. I don't even understand. Like you said, like, oh, this is the Whedon script. That's it. We're moving ahead. This is, we're going to do it. I don't understand what the point was. It's like you, and I understand you You want Weaver because she's a gifted actor and, and she's willing to come back again. But I just, it, it never makes sense to me. When I was reviewing full time, one of the things I would say consistently, you have the resources and the know-how to get this done. And yet you come into it with a script that is absolute garbage and is ill-conceived and stupid. So, and, it, and again, I can't stress this enough. Uh, it's, it's me. It's openly mean spirited. All of these films have some real cruelty to them, to the moments, but you are thrilled and excited by them because that 
fight to survive this these impossible situations is thrilling because there's the work of the science, the character, the atmosphere, all that stuff has been given some thought. This film's just mean and icky right from the start. Yeah. The characters, just their conversations are just awful. Uh, Joel mentioned one. I could name several, half dozen of them, but I don't even want to say any of the things some of these characters say out yeah. loud. It's just, it's just, they're just ugly and cynical and awful, and you got to mm-hmm. know going into it that's what you're getting. Well, you, but you, when you just kind of stop and think about, we spent four hours discussing our absolute adoration of aliens and how important it is to us as film goers yeah. and as and movie fans, and then to see that. 10 years later, this is where the series went. It's, it's, it's mind blowing, you know, and it is the same people behind it. It's still Brandywine. It's still all the same producers. And to think that they could have seen something in Cameron's vision and brought that to life. And then 10 years later, like, yeah, this is, this is equally good that we can move ahead and make this. I don't it think it helped sense. that none of the people interested in Alien 3 were interested in anything that Cameron did or following up with anything he did. Right. Vincent Ward wasn't, Fincher wasn't. They all admired and loved Ridley Scott and they loved the creepy existential horror and that's what they wanted to recreate. And yeah, they didn't want... 2020, right? I'm sure now they can look back and be like, yeah, Cameron's... Well, Neil, Neil Blomkamp wrote a script and got right. Michael Bean and Sigourney Weaver really, really interested in doing an alternate Alien 3. Yeah. I don't know what, what you would call it, but a film that truly continued along the same lines as Aliens and didn't make this left turn into yeah. misery and darkness. And uh, Sigourney worked with him on Chappie, and she liked yep. him. And, so she, and she liked the idea of doing another one of these as an older woman. Uh, Bean certainly liked the idea of his character not going out as a chump. Um, you know, all well, that. It, but it, it Ridley Scott then got the Prometheus deal, and suddenly Fox had two competing ideas for continuing their Alien franchise. Yeah. And, of course, they deferred to Ridley. Of course, yeah. Um and what he gave us honestly isn't as interesting. We we someday we will not talk about those today. We're going to talk here with a few minutes left. We'll talk Alien versus Predator just a little bit. We're not going to get in, you know, into those. They're not worth it. But that we'll just admire their existence so we don't have to come back to it later. That's true. <laughs> Prometheus and Alien Covenant for all yep. for all their intense flaws are worth talking about for an entire episode. So we'll those those will those will have their day, but it's a bummer. Those things could have existed peacefully together, in my opinion. Uh, Ridley's prequel series and a continuation. I'm not a huge Neil Blomkamp fan, but I liked the idea of what he was trying to do, and I liked that everybody you needed to get excited about it was. We'll never see that project now. It's the expiration date's just gone on it. I don't. I highly doubt Disney would re- revitalize it or what do you call it? Revive well, it. I mean, to I guess kind of finish up on Resurrection. I we talked about a little earlier that you know Alien Three was insulting to its audience in certain ways. I mean, Resurrection just didn't care at all. There's well, nothing Alien to Three hurt our feelings and it did all this stuff. It but it did but so it's with still a reasonably it did so with a purpose. Film. It it wasn't yeah. its intention to do that. It wanted to do this thing that it does. And to get there, it had to just dash our hopes against the rocks, which sucks. But, but the end result isn't worthless. 
this film, you know, yeah. this is a series that doesn't know which way it wants to go. This film has some neat ideas in it, but they're, you know, they're, <laughs> uh, it's just, they're, they're not rewarding ideas, I guess, in the end. And, and it's, it's an ugly experience. I really feel like I'm watching an awful thing. And I, and the, the director in this case, who's, who didn't help write it, obviously, it, you know, he embraces all of that. He embraces the zany weirdness of it all. And I don't know that that's the wrong choice. It just, it just, it just gives yeah. you an unpleasant movie in the end. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Ending Ripley on that note is just, it's sad. It's too bad. It makes she you... was excited to do the Blancamp project because, or Aliens 2, we'll call it. Yeah. Because it was a chance to kind of get this right. And and in her mind, it was a Wipe chance away to... Wipe the sins. Yeah. It was a chance to, like, because she thought the Alien versus Predator ideas were, just the idea of that was terrible. Uh, at mm -hmm. the end of Predator 2, when Danny Glover is uh, chased the, uh, the Predator, Predator yeah. 2, chased the Predator back... And Predator 2 is a really underrated sequel. That's also an ugly movie that's cynical and awful, but in a RoboCop kind of way, in a way where you're like, where you understand that this heightened awfulness does sort of reflect a side of us that is real, whereas the absurdity, I think, in Alien Resurrection is its own thing. It's in its own world, you know. Uh, Predator 2, he's, he comes on board the Predator ship and there's all these skulls of all the creatures they've yeah. wanted, and one of the skulls is an alien skull. Mm -hmm. Real, uh, another Fox property, very clever, really awesome Ooh, Nice moment. little Easter egg, yeah. Yeah, nice really, really yep. cool. And ever since then, the, everyone wanted Alien alien versus Predator, a, Predators hunting aliens. Now, of course, in a... Comic in a book. Predator, yeah. yeah, comic books came out almost right away. Yeah. Um... And I don't that people. Some people say those comics are good, awesome. I don't know. I'm not interested in comics so much. Hmm. But, uh, but a, a movie of that is problematic because, what what was the tagline for Alien vs Predator? Whoever wins, we lose. We lose. Yep. Yeah. Um. Well, you could you couldn't have nailed it better than that. We well, really no. It's a great. That's actually a really great tagline. It's a good tagline, and it sums up the experience of watching the film. You you. The, you're not you're not team predator you're not team alien you need people in the middle of this somehow and paul ws anderson who we rightfully rip on the show all the time but occasionally praise because sometimes he does something interesting he cracked an idea and his idea i don't think is bad his filmmaking isn't great it's this is very much a resident evil film sure. with aliens and predators in it but it which and those aren't good but but his idea is cool, which is, well, this is how we do it. It's in the present day. It's this, it's this, they, they find a pyramid. And when you say this out loud, this sounds really awesome. They find a ancient pyramid that has all the characteristics of all the pyramids that are civilizations apart, buried beneath the ice in Antarctica. And there's this rich guy who's bringing this expedition down there to investigate what's surely will be the most amazing archaeological find of all time. And it right. turns out it's a predator temple used for training young predators to fight against aliens so that they can graduate into being hunter predators or whatever. Right. That part's vague because we don't understand mm -hmm. the predators much, but we're shown it. And the people, unfortunately, in that film are just fodder that are thrown at this 
the battle between these two titans, and they all lose, just like they, the tagline said they would. Yeah. But the idea was cool. How do we get people involved in this? How do we turn this into an adventure story? And it has a, like a long, again, 45-minute, 50-minute first act that is interesting and full of ideas and mystery and stuff, you know. It just, he, Paul just, I hate to say it, but he's just not good enough a guy to have directed his own idea, unfortunately. And that film, it's got a pretty neat queen versus predator knockout, drag him out fight at the end. The The creature effects are pretty great, but. I have good. only seen this once and my recollection was that I had a blast. That's my recollection. I have not revisited since the first time. Well, and I just remember like, this is so drop down, drag out crazy. And like, I love it. I had a good time. Um, so that's it's, it. It doesn't know treat my... the alien life cycle with a lot of respect. Um, it's a it's a soft PG thirteen film. So there's yeah. So so you see a lot of things happening in flash cuts, but you don't really see anything. There's nothing even vaguely horror movie about it. Unfortunately, that's yeah. that softens it and weakens it. Um, Senna Lathan's character is impenetrably cool and perfect. And not really a recognizable human being at all. Like a lot of her characters are. She just, there's just nothing there to, to, there's no person there. There's no vulnerability Donna there. Donna Tubbs is very detailed and deep. Who's that? <laughs> From Family from the Guy Cleveland, and Cleveland Show. Cleveland Show. Oh, yeah. does she do that character? She does. She voices Donna Tubbs. Yeah. She's not a bad actor. Don't get me no, wrong. She's but a she's, she yeah. is prone to being drawn to these strong women types. And Hollywood, especially men, write them in very generic ways. And so you see, you see that combination coming yeah. together for her a lot, a lot of times. She's not a bad actor. I will make one complaint about Senna Latham, though. On the commentary for uh alien versus predator it's her and paul and lance henriksen and she is distracted to the point of just annoying the hell out of me on it at one point lance henriksen is about to tell the story why he decided he was going to bring this up in this forum or whether it just naturally came to him he was about to tell the story about why he and james cameron started fighting right after the screening of the abyss he was going to tell the story of the conversation that they had together. And this he's just on the tip of his tongue. And I'm, I'm riveted. I'm like, I've always wanted to know this. Oh, my God, it's happening. Because neither of them ever talk about it. And they've since made up. And it took 20 years or something for these really good friends to, to have this argument and then have this coming together again over their celebration of aliens. And she, like, fucking dropped her sandwich on the floor or something, and she starts complaining about it, and then he loses his train of thought, and then Paul starts talking about what's happening on the screen, and it never comes out. It never comes <laughs> out. I don't mean to... Sorry for the F-bomb. Now I have to edit that. Damn it. We've, we've been letting some S's go. We've been letting some other words go. We promised no F-bombs. I don't know. I guess I, I have to edit it. Where are we in the show? Okay, I'll make note of that. Yeah. But look, yeah. I can't... Uh, I, uh, and I still don't know. And it's like... Uh, and it's Senna Lathan's fault. And I'm sorry, girl. That's <laughs> not cool. That is so not cool that you did that. But she's fun in the movie. Her Again, she's a big part of that final scene that I really like. It has this great action sequence at the end that... It, you know. So, it, so I'm not arguing with you, Michael. It is fun. It's a fun... B movie made out of this sort of a list material and there's nothing right. wrong with that it, it it has it it's 
so much lighter and so much more exciting and so much it doesn't have that heavy awful ugly weight of those final two films yeah but it's not good necessarily in the end and that's that's kind of the problem it doesn't really leave you any way to build off of it uh the suits have gotten what they want they got their trademarked monsters duking it out in a PG-13 movie and they can sell yeah. action figures. They don't really care what it is, and it shows. Uh, but Paul Anderson, to, in his defense, he made a really good-looking, exciting film on a minuscule budget because he really, really likes Predators. He really likes Aliens and really wanted to be a part of that. And yeah. you can feel that enthusiasm in the film, and it helps. But it's it's... It's it's little more than a really good Resident Evil film in the end. It goes kind of <laughs> well, through all the paces. It has a lot of the same actors. It's just that's all. It, that's all he's well, really capable of doing. Enjoyable as it is, though. I mean, Requiem was Ugh. crap. Hey, I mean, I'll just tell you a story. I won't terrible. name. I won't name her. But my roommate at the time, we went out to see a double feature on Christmas Day, and we went to see National Treasure Two. And I wanted to see Golden Compass. I really actually really wanted to see Golden Compass. But Golden Compass had talking animals in it, and she doesn't like that. So she said we should go see Alien <laughs> Predator 2. Uh. That was her idea. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, in my mind, Alien Predator, I'm going to see that, right? Yeah. Maybe it's good. They're saying it's hard R. They're saying it's gross. Maybe I'll like it. Oh, my goodness gracious me. I can't remember a single detail of that film other than I finished it and like I will never give yeah, this another I, thought until the, today. The uh the 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 pregnancy ward in the hospital will stay with me till the end of my days. I'll I don't even forget. remember that. I'll I do not even that. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I'll, it'll never be able to wipe it from my mind. It that film is again deeply unpleasant, and it was really weird because the funny the funny wisecracking sidekick in the National Treasure movies <laughs> plays the leather jacket wearing like badass rebel without a cause in Predator Two, and we just watched him do two these two different roles back to back in these films on Christmas, right? On Christmas of all times, and. Hey, there's some cool Predator and Alien effects in Predator vs. 2. It was made by the Strauss brothers, who are effects artists at art, and they do some interesting things, but the story... Predator, Predator, Alien and Predator... Or aliens break out in a small Colorado town, and a Predator is dispatched to take them out. And right. doesn't think... I mean, the Predator is here to do us a favor, so... Just like in the first Alien vs. Predator, we're ostensibly on its side, but it doesn't give a rat's butt about us at all. <laughs> so if we get in its way, it makes no difference to him. He's there to contain an outbreak, and that is it. And so, I don't know what to say. It's it's Again, that's an ugly movie. Cheap B-movie material. Monsters in a small town. I don't know how else to put it. But yeah. their their ideas are just cruel, and they revel in these gross, awful ideas. So it's very much the alien resurrection of the Alien versus Predator films, it's... and I everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. Nobody likes that movie. Alien versus Predator has its defenders. Alien Resurrection has its defenders. Nobody likes Alien versus Predator Two Requiem. Okay. Nobody. Mm. Nobody. So on that And I note, challenge oh. you, the viewer, not to watch it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, we, you know, uh, these guys watched it, so you don't have to. Um, <laughs> it's it's and, again, that's another thing I hate to trot out on these shows, but whatever, you got to say it. In this case, it's totally true. You, it's you, kind of a bummer that we're ending this series of episodes on such a somber, sour, disappointed. Well, note. the Jaws ends yeah, with Jaws you know the what? Revenge. That's I mean, it's that's I the guess. breaks. That's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I guess that's how it goes a lot of the time. So it's okay. Hey, you guys yeah. want to feel better? A couple episodes ago, we talked for four hours about how we love aliens, and we just yeah. we're falling out of our chairs, you know, in, with a four-hour Valentine to the thing. I mean, go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to hear some positivity? You got that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name because I still haven't learned how to produce it, but we are still on track to have uh, Charles who did I am all not, the... I'm not going to try because I'll know I'll butcher it and then he'll yell at me. So. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because I don't think I've ever heard it in person. I think I've only read his name, even though I know him personally. The internet's pretty <laughs> yeah. good at this stuff. The, the younger generations really care about you getting that and see it as sort of an insulting thing when you mispronounce things. It, we, we, we're we older, and so we when, and we mispronounce people's names all the time on the show, and we just try and be good-humored about it. There's no other way to be about it. But yeah. I do appreciate that culturally we're we live in an age and i think this is okay where it's not neat it's not cool that you don't know how to say that if you don't know how figure it out and say it so right right so here i am refraining from saying his name while i'm pitching this idea that he's going to be on the show with us in a couple weeks <laughs> when i'm not even 100 percent sure that's the case but hey it's the movie show with joel and ryan that's how it goes sometimes rob you wanted us to pimp future shows you got your way if we're wrong i'm blaming you <laughs> I'm blaming you. There it is, folks. But hey, we can ask him some things about this, even though I don't know how enthusiastic he'd be about it, but we're going to ask him a bunch of things. I'm enthusiastic about it up. We're going to invite him to talk about things he's enthusiastic about it. And I can't stress enough, it's... He he doesn't see himself this way. Probably you, the audience, don't. But I do. I see him as, like, cinematic royalty. I just think that guy, there's there's three or four guys, Laurent Brousseau, I'm saying his name wrong too. They're these documentarians who do these behind the scenes things. Especially artful are these retro versions where it's it really is a bunch of people looking back on a thing mixed with the the at the time sort of behind the scenes footage. I just don't there's two or three people that do that expertly and amazingly every time and he's one of them. And he's got a fairly deep connection to this series, so we'll continue a little bit of that. If not our next show, future shows, we're off next week. Joel, you were about to wrap things up. Sorry. Yep, yep. We are off once again next week. Uh, I I get to go enjoy uh, a little family vacation. Um, But then we will be back uh, just in time for Labor Day, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back just in yep, time day, for Labor day, day. Before Labor Day will be our next show, regardless of what it ends up being about. Yep, yep. And um, but until then, you have all sorts of giant I'll be, I'll alien. Be, I'll be forty nine years old. For yeah, Ryan show. has a birthday coming Yay. up. It'll be Ryan's. You know, maybe that'll be what we do. It'll be Ryan's. And birthday I'm going to stay forty nine years old for the next eleven years, so you can count. There you on go. That. There you go. Just go into um, hypersleep. You don't have to worry about it. There you it's go. Happening. Or you Ryan is going to put years. on. Ryan is going to put on a skimpy pair of underwear and a little <laughs> tank top, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's just going to uh, go into cryo sleep. Michael, um, alien, aliens, man, yeah, we did it, 
and we you were here it. the whole time, and I can't thank you enough. It's the uh, well, I, all your another, insights this, about these films are wrong, but your personality and you know, it, you give us so much energy, and we have so much fun having you on. So, well, it's I okay. love being on. You know, I, I love nerding out. It's so okay it's, that you're I'm, wrong yeah. about everything. That's that's no, cool. yeah, except no. Yep. <laughs> we end this with the fact that Vasquez and Drake totally uh, thing. I was not wrong on that. We're doing this. You don't know that. You could still be wrong. Um, All right. Thanks, uh, everybody, so much. (laughs) Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us on the movie show with Joel and Ryan. Uh, Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the movie show with Joel and Ryan. Remember, all views and opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the speaker and do not represent those people, institutions, or organizations that the speaker may or may not be associated with, unless explicitly stated. None of these views and opinions were intended to malign or deceive. And now, here's the producers, circa 1982, to play us out. Michael, can I dream? Yes, honey. I think we both can. See? Now it went out on a better note. That was great. That was great.